This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit soul mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. Okay, Top Tribe, this week's winner of the 100 bucks is Daniel Al-Sudini. He's based overseas. He's an employee at a current company and can't wait to break free. For your chance to win 100 bucks, Top Tribe, simply subscribe to the podcast now and then text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. Again, text the word Nathan to 33444 to prove that you did it. I give away 100 bucks every Monday. You're listening to episode 307 of The Top. Be sure to tune in bright and early tomorrow morning to hear from John Ruland. He sold the most Cutco knives ever using three specific words. Good morning, Top Tribe. Our guest today is K.J. Singh, who studied engineering and finance at Drexel University before working on Wall Street as an options trader. He left finance to lead growth at Union Metrics, a social analytics startup in San Francisco. At the end of 2014, he founded Dill Mill, the fastest growing matchmaking app for South Asians, disrupting the broken arranged marriage model. K.J., are you ready to take us to the top? Yeah. All right. Sure. Let's do this, man. So before we get into deal mill, which I think is going to be a really fun conversation, tell me real quick, you left Drexel, you went to Wall Street to work as an options trader. I imagine you made good money there. Why'd you leave? Yeah, yeah. You know, I did. Um, I think it was the the kind of itch I've always had on the engineering side to go out and build something and, uh, and be a part of something bigger. And I realized a lot of the people that I was kind of always aspiring to kind of be like on Wall Street. Um, ultimately when I met them actually weren't that happy. Oh, tell me, an ex- KJ, give me an example. Did you meet, did you meet Ackman? <laughs> not going to give any names. Oh, come on, uh, dude. Kind of shed, shed light, shed light on people's unhappiness. But I think, I think some of the top people, some of the top traders at different firms, um, you know, you would think that, you know, watching movies like Wolf of Wall Street and other movies that kind of Hollywood tries to kind of portray as, you know, these kind of, mega kind of superstars on wall street and when you meet them they're actually like miserable with their life and not that happy and always kind of like staying up late and not really getting enough sleep and not really having a social life at all when you say and people think, are at the top of the I game a lot of that KJ, hold on hold on hold on because people people are going to be lost yeah, people on. are going to be lost if they don't if we don't have yeah. it these don't have to be people you actually met but when you just say big like wall street figures you're talking about people like carl icon or you know ackman or these kinds of people right Right, right, right. Got it. Okay, sorry. So Keep you going. have the hedge fund folks, and then you have the traders as well. Um, and uh, and you know, I think a lot of that hard work transits over to the startup world, but it's much more meaningful work, and that's kind of what you know kind of attracted me out here to the Silicon Valley and to, to startups. And help us understand how old were you when you left finance? So I was twenty four. Twenty four. And what did you give up? How much? What was the salary that you gave up? Salary. So at that time. Uh, it was, so trading is, is, uh, it's kind of based on, uh, you know, you have your, you have your base salary and then you also have kind of what profits you make, right. Uh, the percentage of that, um, in a good year, you know, over there, I could have made up to 300,000 a year. Okay. And so what was your base? Like a hundred? Yeah. 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 Okay, cool. So, and I asked that question just so people can understand what you gave up to get into startups. So what attracted you about union metrics? 
Yeah, so union metrics was actually something that uh, I had. I had a similar idea back in when I was actually in university, where I was trying to use natural language processing to uh, analyze uh, analyze how brands were kind of, uh, you know, portraying themselves on social and kind of what other what the competition was doing. And union metrics was doing something very very similar, uh, but they were doing it uh, at a much more larger scale. And I kind of, so that, that, that mission aligned with me in terms of being able to look at social data and make sense of it. Um, and I met the CEO at an event out here in San Francisco uh, and I actually moved out here without, without actually having anything else. I just kind of left that, came out here, had enough money saved up. I was like, you know, I'm going to move out there, build my network and figure it out. And uh, when I came out here, I met him and, and it kind of really connected. And then we had a few interviews and then he brought me on board. I love that. Okay. So you were at Union Metrics for how long? For one year, a little over a year. Okay, for a year, and what? Just give me a general size of the company. Was I mean, was it you know over ten million annually? Did they raise any capital? How big were they? Yeah, so when I joined, uh, they were at about fourteen people. When okay. I left, they were over, I believe, twenty-three. Um, they've never raised any capital, so fully bootstrapped. Um, amazing guy, uh, Hayes, the founder. Uh, kind of done a really, really good job organically growing the business. Now they represent, uh, now their customers are uh, over uh, 90% of the top PR uh, for, and uh, digital marketing agencies around the world. Um, and they're growing really fast right now. So you go from Union Metrics to leaving to found a, uh, uh, a matchmaking app for South Asians. Walk me through, like, first off, this sounds like People listening are going, wait, Nathan, what, what do you mean dating app for South Asians? What, what gave you the idea and what opportunity did you see? You're an analytics guy. I'm sure you ran numbers here. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it really actually really started at home. I have a sister. She's at the time was 28. She's a doctor, good looking girl. She never really had time to go out and date. And uh, one of the things that's really um, relevant in the South Asian industry, the South Asian market, is that 90%, over 90% of South Asians marry and date within their community. And uh, and I kind of realized how, how much pain she was in and then kind of did more research and realized that a lot of my cousins and a lot of other families that were actually suitable, you know, uh, people that were looking for potential matches, they weren't able to find somebody that easily because uh, the traditional model of arranged marriages had broken um, in, in today's society. Uh, and uh, so I did more research and we realized this is a much bigger problem at a, at a global scale, not only in the expat communities where you have uh, immigrant South Asians and second generation South Asians, but also within India itself, because the, the newer generation, their mindset was really changing, but the avenues of finding somebody uh, for a high value, long-term relationship that leads to marriage didn't exist. Interesting. So the business has had a lot of success. Tell me real quick, have you guys raised capital or are you self-funded? So we've raised capital. Uh, so we just closed uh, our second round uh, last month. Uh, and uh, May 2015, uh, we raised uh, 1.1 million. Uh, last month, we just closed another 2.7 million. So in total, we raised 3.8. Okay, so help us. And were those both priced rounds, or were they both debt rounds, or one of each? So they were using this instrument called a safe. Uh, yep. So they were convertible instruments. Uh, so they were not <laughs> priced rounds. Yep, yep, yep. Both of them were were that were when you went the safe route. Yeah. Interesting. Um, when do you think you'll do a price round or we just keep doing safes as long as you can? I think it's an, it is an entrepreneur's best interest, uh, to kind of safes and, and do, uh, uh, not.
until you um, can really kind of get a price where you, you know, where you think it's valuable for your shareholders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future, we probably won't be doing another price. I'm sorry, we won't be doing another safe or comparable. The next round will likely be a, uh, a price round. Yep. Yep. Okay. So how do you value a company? Like, how do you guys make money right now currently? Yeah. So we have, uh, it's a freemium model. You can use the app for free. Um, we give you a limited number of 10 likes a day. Uh, once you exhaust them, you can buy a premium subscription, uh, in the app that can accelerate your search. So that's kind of how we make money. Okay. So similar to Tinder. Yeah, similar to Tinder. Um, interestingly, we had, we we were doing this well before Tinder was actually doing this in terms of limiting their likes. Because Tinder, had, uh, for the longest time, had uh, unlimited, and they realized uh, that model kind of broke down. Which is what would happen is guys would sit there and hit like 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 on every single female that they saw, <laughs> kind of trying to maximize their chances. And the quality of the matches really dips. And we knew this up front. So when we started, uh, we actually didn't even monetize in the beginning. All we had was. You give out 10 likes a day and that was it. I mean, you come back the next day and your likes were fresh. And then we had enough pull from our users and, and enough kind of feedback to say, hey, look, we're willing to pay you money. Um, just give us more likes. And then we, an idea came to start monetizing this. And we, we started monetizing this very, very early on. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the revenue has been doing great ever since. And I think and Tinder kind of started it last summer. So how do you, what's the pricing structure? If I want to upgrade, what's the cost? So we have various different pricing points, but our average right now is at least $10 a month. $10 um, per month. And, uh, yeah. How many total downloads does the app have? So we're, we're nearing, uh, we're nearing the, the million mark now. Okay, great. So call it 950,000, something like that. Somewhere around there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And what do you, um, how, what percentage of people, actually, that's a bad question. Um, how many total paying customers do you guys have? So we, we're at a uh, half a million run rate right now annually. Okay, so you're doing um, about 44, and, uh, grand, 44 grand per month currently? Around there, yeah. Yep. Um, and, uh, and like I said, the average uh, uh, revenue per paying user uh, is around $10. So you can do the math there. Yep. So about 4,400 paying customers. How do you, so do you, can, you consider yourself a SaaS company then, right? You know, it, it's it's funny, but yeah, it, 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 the model that you kind of use in SaaS uh, translate over really, really well in terms of uh, metrics that you look at SaaS in, in terms of churn, in terms of LTV, in terms of a lot of these things. So they do carry over. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but you know, our model is a little bit interesting because it has a built-in churn. Like the more and more successful we are as a they platform, were, yeah. the more and more users are churning. When they get married, they leave, um, right? Yeah, so that... that uh, idea of negative churn doesn't really, uh, uh, you know, resonate well with us. Yeah. What are you at? What do you, let's not talk about net, net negative churn or even MRR churn. Let's just talk about gross yeah. customer churn. What are you guys at monthly right now? Yeah. So, I mean, in terms of just, so our retention is fairly good. And the, the reason for that is we, well, what um, is fairly good, you know, like 95% per month or what? Yeah, we're, we're at about 80%. Okay. Um, and, uh, and if you look at the mobile app industry, um, you know, most apps lose half of their user base, um, in the first three days. Wow. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, that's a huge drop off. And then, you know, averaging, I think in, in our industry is around 20%. Yep. Um, and, uh, but, you know, we, we, we actually have shut off all paid marketing for now. And, uh, 
are, are growing organically right now. And, and so that traffic that we're getting is very, very qualified traffic. Yep. Uh, so most of it sticks around because if you're, you know, no average Joe is going to just kind of stumble upon our app in the app store. They're going to download it because they've heard about it through their friend and they're looking for a South Asian life partner. Yeah. And dude, it's a, it's a super targeted market, right? I mean, exactly. it, the advertising yeah. opportunities for you guys down the line are really interesting. I imagine. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Tell me real quick. So I'm just doing some backwards math here just to make sure I felt this full picture. So 2015 revenues, I'm going to guess you guys are somewhere around 400 grand. Is that accurate? A little bit less than that. Yeah. A little we, bit less. We're, we're growing. So, yeah. Okay. And what are you guys, what would you consider like a big win in, uh, in 2016 to hit revenue wise? Revenue wise? Yeah. Like what's your, what do you want to get to by, by your run rate by December, 2016? Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying to get closer to a million. Okay. So 88, so you want to double yeah. where you are currently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And what are you, uh, you said you shut off all your paid marketing spend. So I don't know. I mean, do you measure customer acquisition costs at all? And if so, what is it? Yeah, right now we don't because okay. uh, there is none. Uh, I mean, other than you have your fixed costs, obviously for paying your your team and your infrastructure costs, but you know those aren't typically calculated in the customer yeah. acquisition costs. You know? Yeah, let's not and, do fully uh, weighted customer acquisition. Yeah. I'm just talking about paid marketing yeah. spend. Um, okay, cool. And you're in San Fran. So lifetime value in terms of months, is it fair to say the you know because you have a twenty percent uh, monthly churn, it's fair to say the average customer stays with you for about five months? It's about four months. Uh, industry average is about three months. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, seeing about looking at around $40. So $40, 40 dollars be lifetime value. Yeah. Cool. Okay. And what about team size? How big are you guys now? So we are at uh, nine people now. Nine people. Interesting. Well, dude, here's what I'll tell you. Like I, I interview tons of people in the SaaS space. I have, I have very yeah. rarely met a, con- there's a lot of very successful B2B SaaS companies. I have almost, I don't think right. I ever actually have met a consumer facing SaaS company that's doing the revenue you guys have done. I've talked to people like, you know, the emoji guys who have raised a ridiculous amount of money with no revenue. It's just insane. Right. So I, I love that you guys are driving revenue. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's one of the, the fundamental things that uh, I've always thought was important, right? Cause I mean, at the point that where you, where you have revenue and, uh, and you don't need investors, that's where it becomes very magical because then investors want you and, and you can continue to grow without them too. And, and then you're in a really, really good position. I think, I think a lot of that's going to, we're going to see a lot of that emerging the next few years, especially mm-hmm. with the kind of funding landscape and what's happened to that in the last six months. I agree. Um, so I think, uh, I think it's really good to be in that position for us. Yeah, I agree. And you said founding year was 2014. End of 2014, yeah. Yep, yep. Okay, very cool. Well, hey, uh, KJ, before we get into my favorite part of the show, if people want to connect with you personally online and watch you as you build this, where can they connect with you? Yeah, they can uh, follow me on Twitter. My uh, my Twitter handle is KJ Dhaliwal, so that's K-J-D-H-A-L-I-W-A-L. Um, they can also just Google me and, and you know connect with me on LinkedIn. Okay, Top Tribe, do not forget your chance to win 100 bucks right here on the podcast every Monday. It's very simple. You just subscribe to the show on iTunes. And then once you've done that, text me to prove that you've done it. My number is 703-431-2709. Subscribe now and text me to enter. 703-431-2709. 
Okay, Top Tribe, I have to tell you, many people go, Nathan, and you came out of nowhere. Your website's growing so fast. How'd you do it? The answer is simple. So I use HostGator. I don't know if you guys know that, but I use HostGator. And the reason I do, they have like about 4,500 free templates I can use because I don't code. They've got a great e-commerce plugin. And guys, I bug the heck out of their support. They've got 24-7 support, which I love. So what I've done is I've worked with them. You guys know I make great deals. If you go to HostGator.com forward slash Nathan, you can sign Sign up, get your own domain for 30% off and a 45-day money-back guarantee. Okay, again, I make great deals for you guys. Go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan to grab that now. So, so guys, you, you hear me talk all the time on the show about how I hate all these people raising capital that are like entrepreneurs that have like no revenue and don't know what the hell they're doing. KJ's a guy that's doing the exact opposite. And he's in the he's in the space where everyone always tells me, well, we're not worried about revenue. We're going to just get a lot of users. Well, that's baloney. KJ's proving it. He's doing it. You should go study him. These will all be in the show notes at NathanLatka.com forward slash the top 307. Again, forward slash the top 307. All right, KJ, we're about to wrap up and get to my favorite part of the show. It's time for the famous five. Are you ready? Sure. Number one, what's your favorite business book? You know, right now it's been uh, zero to one by Peter Thiel. Yep. That's a good one. Next question. Is there a CEO that you're following or studying right now? Yeah, there is actually a Naval Ravikant. He's a founder of AngelList. Yeah, great yep, guy. Yep, really, really smart, smart guy. Number three, is there a favorite online tool you have, like HostGator? I think. Uh, I mean, I don't know if you would consider like Slack uh, an online tool. Sure. Yeah, of course. Awesome is your whole team remote or is it in person? It's in person, but we okay. we spend a lot of time on Slack. Okay. Next question. Uh, yeah. Well, actually, tell me real quick. So, how old are you now? I'm 25, we're turning 26 in August. Okay, and what's your situation? Married, single, do you have kids? Single. Single, awesome. Cool. All right, so you're single, you're 25, you're turning 26 here shortly, you're building a startup. Yes or no, are you getting eight hours of sleep every night? You know, I recently started. I've always kind of, I've been I've been, I've been operational without it. So, you know, being on Wall Street, you, you really don't get much sleep. Running a startup, you really don't get much sleep. But what I've noticed is, the marginal kind of increase in productivity from being up an additional three, four hours uh, is not worth it. And if you sleep eight hours, you can, you can function much, much better for the, you know, for the remaining hours that you are awake. Yep. You got it. It makes a lot of sense. So uh, the answer there is yes now. And then last question, take us back to your 20 year old self, KJ. What do you wish he knew? Yeah. I think one thing I've uh, always done and, and probably would not do over again is, is, is not work on multiple projects at the same time. So if I uh, would be able to start over from 20, I had a lot of great ideas that are doing well today, but I wasn't ever able to take them off the ground because I was always working on them simultaneously. So I would definitely tell myself to focus on one thing and do that better than anybody else. Awesome. Top Tribe, there you have it from KJ. Focus on one thing and do it better than anybody else. He's building a consumer SaaS company that actually has revenue. He's one to study and watch. KJ, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. If you enjoyed KJ today, go back and listen to Peter yesterday. He's got four kids under the age of eight. He's traveling the country and he runs three businesses. How does he do it? You must listen if you're a parent that wants to make more money. Top Tribe, I love giving away free money. I feel like Oprah giving away cars. And I have something special for you today. 
How many of you have heard our super sharp guests talk about success they've had with Facebook and Google ads? Well, all of you listening right now, yes, if you're listening, you get $100 in free AdWords. Here's how you get it, okay? Again, thanks for listening. Get the free $100 from Google, right, when you sign up with my website host provider, HostGator. Go sign up now to get your free money. HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Again, that's HostGator.com forward slash Nathan. Okay, Top Tribe, I'll see you bright and early tomorrow morning. And don't forget, before you listen to any other episodes, subscribe on iTunes right now for your chance to win 100 bucks every Monday.